We're back, Locked On Bulldogs, talking to John Garcia, and we're going to talk about how all of a sudden everybody thought the sky was falling because Kirby can't recruit, and now, uh-oh, watch out. More to come right after this. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, we are back talking about recruiting as July is wrapping up. The Bulldogs are ascending. We're going to talk about two new commits in the last week for the Bulldogs, vaulting them up, and then lastly, get John's take on this class. But first, I want to let you know we are sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. Get the applicants you need for free. John Garcia Jr. joins us. He is on SI Recruiting Guru. John, how is your day going, my man? It's going well. Just trying to keep up with uh... – all these decisions coming in. I had a vacation last week, so I've been playing catch up Monday, Tuesday. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been totally fun, and we actually wrote about um, at least one of these guys. We'll talk about today uh, this morning at SI.com. Some of the bigger commitments that I missed in real time, but uh, certainly happy to catch up on uh, Aguero and a lot of these new Bulldogs. Yes, Aguero, let's start there. You talked about him, wrote on him. We get the number three, according to some people, number two safety. Uh, Caleb Downs clearly still ascending ahead of that. But uh, Aguero is out there as the number two, number three safety, commits to the Bulldogs. Uh, what does he bring into this team? Again, inside linebacker and safety gets some freak athletes at UGA. Is this another guy in that same mold that we've seen before? Yeah, this is a guy. I mean, there's there's really no other way to put it. I mean, uh, if you play at IMG and I get a phone call saying this is the best player on the team, I don't care what side of the ball you play, what position you play. If that's true, even for one week, you're a guy. And we got that phone call all year last year about Aguero, who played corner most of that year for IMG. So you talk about versatility, a kid who has lined up and played corner truly at the highest level possible from a high school perspective, but projects more as a safety, just a do-it-all type of defensive back. I have no problem projecting him as a nickel, as a deep safety, as a box safety, or as a boundary corner. And that's just not something I, I maybe could say about any other prospect in this class of 2023. Uh, so when you do it at that high level, at that type of atmosphere, it, it just – Carries more weight, fairly or unfairly. He's back home in Massachusetts now, finishing out his high school career with the, the guys he came up with, something that's certainly admirable, but it never slowed down his recruitment. You know, when you're a kid who, as a sophomore, it's it's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, from the jump, I mean, you you just you have the goods. And, and I think mm. he's rounded into this versatile hybrid defensive back that can fit your scheme or fit any scheme, I should say, um, and, and maybe can fit in multiple spots in a, a scheme like Georgia's, depending on down distance and personnel. And that's exactly the type of Swiss Army knife that you want in your secondary. He's big, you know, six foot six one, over 200 pounds at this point, uh, really Ooh. plays like it. He's extremely physical. I've seen him take receivers off the sidelines, to, you know, closer to, to their teammates that are on the bench. Um, but I've also seen him fill the alley uh, with physicality mm. as, as almost an extra linebacker in the box uh, or make plays on the football at the high point. He can just do 
a little bit of everything. Now, I do think there's still room for him to improve, certainly. I think if he is going to play safety, I think some of the discipline and technique that you need to be that last line of defense is something that is is going to have to um, become a bigger part of his game. I think he's ultra aggressive and physical, so he he maybe is susceptible to you know play action stuff underneath that is is meant for yeah. you know window dressing, if you will. But in terms of just the frame, the athlete, and the type of value he could bring to your defense, this is one of the best football players in America. There's really no other way to put it. You said Football Factory down in Florida has the best player on their team. This is that cat, and now he's coming to Georgia. Like that, that makes all again who you compete against is key in these situations. And I know stars and ratings are out there, but who you compete against and what those players say. And this Swiss Army knife, maybe Georgia fans don't like hearing that. I love hearing that because again, we have this position called star, which is incredibly, incredibly vital for UGA's defense. Richard LeCount played it. We thought we were going to get Smith last year, Tyke, before he got injured. He's coming back this year. And if we have Christopher Smith type safeties who can be that last line of defense, all of a sudden, I, I gather Agrero's more in the Richard LeCount, let me come running up and hit you mold, which, yes, please, because we saw <laughs> early, early, early cornerbacks, Campbell, uh, notably playing for Georgia that could tackle and were physical and came in right away and filled that alley like you're talking about, because at Georgia, we're not going to ask you to backpedal all the time. You're going to have to come downhill and you're going to have to run support. So a guy that can do that both on the hash, outside the hash, and then deep at safety position Somebody Georgia is not lacking because Malachi Starks is is that guy as well, but he's he, he's probably not in the same mold of this aggressive. I I saw somewhere somebody listed uh, Aguero as one ninety, and I looked at the picture and I said, "That boy's not one ninety. That is no way one ninety. He is." And so to hear he's over two bills at that six foot frame. Now all of a sudden, ooh, you got a just a DB. You uh, like you called him? He's just a dude who can yeah. play back there. Yes. Please. Uh, that is, do you think uh, Georgia loves getting guys into the system as early as possible? If you can play as a freshman, uh, Kirby does not care what what year you are. Is he somebody that can see the field pretty early on? We got a couple of older safeties leaving next year, both the Smith, Christopher Smith and Tyke. Is where are the type of guy that can come in and play pretty soon? Absolutely. I, I think for him, it's it's not a question of physicality, right? We've talked about the frame, the overall athleticism, athletic profile, skill set, all that is is there. For me, with Aguero, it's going to have to be about focusing on what that first position will be. If he's going to play early, he's got to nail that first role, whether it's nickel, deep safety, star, whatever it is, that has to be communicated, I would say, as early as possible from the Georgia perspective. And it's got to be something on his end that he buys into, you know, I, I do think he's got uh, the ability to assimilate really quickly once he does have that objective. And I think him playing corner at IMG opposite Desmond Ricks last year, I think that, you know, allowed him to expand his game because when you are, he wouldn't be playing corner up in Massachusetts, right? Because weaker competition, what do you do? You just run the other way. You throw the other way. You just kind of eliminate him. Reminds me of another Northeast kid like Minka Fitzpatrick. He was a corner as a junior, and Ooh. he was bored. And he was like, I got to do something. So he moved to safety and then became the Minka Fitzpatrick that is like a pro bowler still. Um, yep. Because now you, you're forcibly in the action. So I think Aguero will do a little bit more of that as a senior up in Massachusetts. But he's got that corner experience, worst case scenario. Uh, and he did it at such a high level at IMG Academy that I think it just creates so much expectation for him. But again, if the position projection is communicated early 
the mm-hmm. responsibilities within that position are bought into by him, I absolutely think he he would be ready to play day one, even at a program like Georgia, where there's so much talent, so much um, at stake every single snap. Even still, I think Aguero is one of those guys who could play early, and and that's why Georgia's been able to do what it's been able to do, both on the field and in recruiting, because you bring in guys like that. How, how many of these guys? You mentioned a few already played as true freshmen or at least saw significant action as true freshmen. Uh, I think Aguero's right in that mold. Although, let me tell you, he's not alone. This DB class is becoming one of my favorites, maybe my favorite to date in this class of 23. This Georgia DB class is, is really shaping up to be special. You know what? You talked about the previous recruits and go back listeners and check out John's visits with us before because you saw a couple of guys who have the highest floor in the entire recruiting class who are coming to Georgia. I could not be more thrilled. It does seem like, again, Kirby Smart has shifted philosophy on offense. He's just said, let me go get these tight ends and let me just put them all over the field. And on defense, he's finding guys like this who are just freaks in the backfield. And he says, I don't care where they're going to play. They're going to play. Let's go two linebackers. I don't know. What's it going to be called? Who cares what's it going to be called? Kirby's going to get the guys out. out there. And this is the type of person that he's going to get. And I am thrilled for it. I cannot wait to see him on the field. Uh, Malachi is still, still my boy. I still have very, very high hopes for him. But as you're saying, this class is going to be special coming in after them. Uh, we're going to come back, talk about an lineman, the trenches for Georgia. But first, I want you to know about Bet Online. Bet Online is your sports book experts. Right now, you go over there and you bet on anything you want. Bet Online is the official sports book of Locked On Bulldogs, as well as Locked On Podcasts, as well as Locked Lana, which we are a part of. Anything you need to bet on. Some of you sycophants out there like M Dubs, executive producer, betting on baseball games and getting over unders on everything like that's that's a whole new level. But you can do that at bet online. I'm going to save my coin. I'm building up a bankroll right now to do, do season win totals when those come out again. I'm going to hammer Georgia over whatever the number they give me. Bet online, your official sports book experts. Head over there right now. Let them know we sent you locked on promo code. Get you something over there. And again, it's safe. It's reliable. It's the place that Daniel and I, my co-host, if he was here, he'd be telling you the same thing. It's our place to go. Bet online, your sports book experts. Yeah, John, actually, uh, Daniel is down in, uh, I don't know what part of Florida, but he's down in Florida, uh, your home state. So uh, he's enjoying some of that coastal life as well right now. Uh, let's shift focus after DBs. We went ahead and got ourselves another massive recruit. And when I say massive, I, I mean in a lot of senses, massive. A 6'5", 300-pound. Kelton Smith commits to the G as well. Uh, he's a Georgia boy, uh, rated on some four-star uh, some other three-star. Uh, who is Georgia getting in this lineman, Smith? He's a guy that we've heard about for a few years now. I think he started since his freshman year over at uh, uh, Carver Columbus, which is one of the best programs in South Georgia. I, I remember going to scout Elijah Pritchett, who was our number one OT mm. in the last cycle, like two years ago. And coach was like, hey, don't forget about this kid that lines up right next to him. And I'm like, what do you mean kid? I mean, that's a grown man. He was already 6'3", oh, 6'4", at that point as, as a freshman or a sophomore. So, yeah, Kelton has has really built uh, into that kind of classic guard prospect, just a, a mean, physical, phone booth type of player, more of a Sam Pittman kind of recruit in my mind um, in terms of what, what he brings to the table. Not the most fleet of foot, not a tackle, a guy that you're going to ask to block the you know smaller quicker nolan smiths of the world on the edge you're not going to ask him to do that but 
you're going to run behind him. And I think there's still a lot of room for that. Obviously, Georgia wants to always have that rushing element, maybe even a classic rushing element um, in this in this offense under under Monken. Uh, and I think this is the type of player that you just simply run behind. He's, he's going to win the leverage battle. He's extremely strong. A heck of a lot of experience being a four-year starter there. And he's got a little bit of quickness to him. I've, I've seen him touch and go at the second level. I've seen him get out in the screen game with success as well. Uh, and he's a confident kid who's, who might let you know about it after uh, winning some of those uh, battles at the contact point. So the ceiling, not sky high, not top five in the draft kind of guy. But the floor, again, you talked about it earlier, the floor here, really, really strong. And, and that's what you want. You want a class yep. that has both. You want your your gambling uh, prospects. We're like, hey, he might not be right today, but in two years he could mm-hmm. be, you know, the breakout prospect that becomes a first rounder. But you also want your guys that aren't going to be those first rounders. But man, they're just going to be so darn solid from the moment that they arrive in Athens. And I think that's what Kelton Smith is—not flashy, not sexy, but a guy who's who's going to do his job and do it pretty darn well. Um, it's it's almost scary that he's got another year of high school left because he's done about everything you'd want from an interior offensive line perspective. You, everything you just described, the name that rings in my hair is Jamari Sawyer is the name that comes to mind. Again, not no, a flashy. I, see, okay, you're telling me I get another Jamari. I, I'm I'm all in on this. Ben Cleveland, five-star, huge recruit, everybody, yada, yada, yada. Mountain of a man comes in, bully on the rushing side of things. Pass pro, needs a little help, but goes ahead and makes a career out of it with the Ravens and, and doing some things. Jamari Sawyer, <clears throat> comes in and he has that floor. Every single time he was out there, I never worried about him. Again, offensive lineman, all you care about is I don't have I don't want to know your name. I want you to be nameless on this offensive line because you're so fluid. Uh and if you can get in and you said Sam Pittman, a guy who's by the way, we're thrilled for Sam. This is a this is a pro Sam Pittman podcast. We love him. We want to see Arky do some things over there. But you're talking about a guy that was the standard when he was there. Big, tough, physical, just you know, hog mollies all the way through. If that's what we're getting, and then we compare them or, or, or combine them with guys uh, like Broderick Jones, who are more polished, who are still big, but can get that back foot set and hit that arm. Now, all of a sudden, uh, this is reminding me of three, four years ago, again, with that offensive line, with Andrew uh, over there on the left tackle and with Jamari and, and Ben Cleveland. Okay, that, that's something Kirby knows and Todd Munkin knows what to do with. Uh, that's exciting. You want to guard. Uh, like you said, that floor is there. And to be a dude you've heard about and coaches, look, I, you know, better than anybody recruiting trail wise. Some coaches will go ahead and pub their dude like, hey, 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 no, no, no check it. And you're like, OK, stop. I know he's your friend. Yes. I know you like, OK. <laughs> but then when coaches say no, sincerely, like this is a dude that nobody's looking at, you want to and, and you are able to discern that. So to be able to say that of Kelton. Uh, is fantastic. That floor is there. We love having those recruits. Uh, and while we're on the trenches, let's go to this because I want to hit the third segment, just talk about this class overall. But uh, I would be remiss because you talked about development at UGA, maybe getting a guy in who has a high floor and, and getting him somewhere. And Jordan Davis comes to mind as well. Big old North Carolina defensive lineman. All of a sudden, Jarrett commits to the dogs. 6'6", 340, North Carolina. Uh <laughs> Christmas in July. Are you yeah. kidding me? One of my favorite dogs ever. Jordan Davis has a clone out there. Who knew? 
and he's coming in from it, North it, Carolina. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, he's yeah. he's from the state. Jordan Davis was just back at his high school repping the G and and and, and now his NFL career at the Eagles. Uh, but is this is Jarrett a clone of Jordan Davis or is he somebody different? Give us a take on him. Yeah, well, I think, you know, like you said, Davis was looked at coming out of high school as more of a a truly developmental guy where you're like, man, he's got to do X, Y, Z to get there. And he certainly did X, Y, Z and A, B, C, D, E and, and all the other letters. Yeah. Um, but I think with Jared, I think there's a lot more polish there. I mean, he's a guy mm-hmm. who already, you know, plays with leverage. He's got good technique. I've seen him build counter moves at 340 pounds, not something that most guys his size would do because, again, on Friday nights, they're bigger and stronger than anybody that's assigned to block him. But we, we've seen him in camp settings where he looks like you have to double take and say, is he really 340? Because he carries it so well and he's moving relatively quickly. You're like, no, he's he's 310. Like he's not 340. So I do think that's something that's advantageous uh, for, for this Bulldog commitment. Uh, I really like him. I, I think he's a little bit more of a pass rusher at that size. Um, but certainly with that size, you expect him to absolutely occupy blockers and free up some of these smaller, faster linebackers that are going to be playing behind them. So I think you can get a bit of both. It's hard to live up to the Jordan Davis Mm -hmm. threshold, especially when you throw in the personality and all that stuff, fan favoritism, all that. Um, But I do think from, from an athletic profile standpoint, I do think Jarrett could be considered to be ahead of Davis at this point in, in the process. Now, will he hit that, curve and buy in and and just click all the boxes the right way the way davis did that remains to be seen but i think on the front end this is a guy you're going to expect to be a multi-year starter once he gets in athens for good um but and he's got some he's got some go to him he's not just uh, an old school nose guard uh that you know fit in in the mid 90s see i was going to ask because you said counter moves on that and for the listener who's who maybe just looks at the play and says hey this is as a big physical freak who can get things done. That is high school ball. If you are bigger, faster, stronger, you'll get noticed by everybody else. They have a whole rubric you go through. Do they check all the boxes? And Jarrett could have just done that and rested on his loyals because God gave him DNA that he didn't give everybody else. And he's just 6'6", 340, like, okay, I win. It's the Shaquille O'Neal thing, whatever. I don't have to do free throws because you can't stop me in the paint. But what you're saying is, that's not this kid. This kid is developing counter moves. So yes, he could just forklift a guy, get under his pads and throw him around on Friday nights because this poor 16 year old across the, the line from him can't compete. But he says, no, 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 that's not good enough. I want to be something exceptional. I want to be something better. And now he's he's doing some some fades on it. He's doing some some moves and if pass rushing from the interior again, a la Trayvon, a la the whole entire defense from last year, a la Jordan Davis, who again gets diminished because he is so big, but look at his, his fleet of feet. Look at the national championship game. First drive for Alabama sets the tone right out of the gate. Like Bryce, I'm here. I'm coming after you. If that he's already ahead of that again, this is so key. Everybody please listen to this because recruiting gets me so angry when we don't talk this, these, these kids are lotto tickets. And I I hate saying that because they're people, but they got to buy in and they have to develop Again, look at Jordan Davis. Look at all the draft picks. If you do that, you can, you will get somewhere. But if you just rest on, I'm a bigger, faster kid, ooh, guess where you're going? You're going to the SEC where literally – You're going to the portal. <laughs> you're go, yeah, there you, even better. That, there it is. You're going to the portal because in the SEC, everybody was that kid on their team 
you're not special anymore. Uh, you have to be something else and you will hit the portal. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to ask John what this class looks like uh, wrapping up right after this. John, I, I uh, am remiss because a whole lot of Georgia fans were freaking out two weeks ago. We lost a legacy commit to a school we hate at running back. And all of a sudden people are like, we're not RBU anymore, which I tried to tell everybody that's fine with me because we're tight end you and that's the name of the game now. I don't know. And I tried to calm everybody down and saying, yes, it does hurt because he was legacy, but kid's got his sure. own life. He wants to play baseball. And if Al- Alabama's pretty dang good at developing running backs too, by the way, y'all like don't fault the kid. But now two weeks later and all of a sudden uh, we've vaulted up the rankings um, and we have three less commits than the two teams ahead of us. And so we have a whole lot of quality in there. Um, does Georgia have a shot to be the number one class and just kind of tell us if we do, where is the strength of this recruiting cycle class for us? Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I gave that away earlier, I guess. I, I love the secondary group and Georgia's not yes. done in the secondary, by the way. I mean, I, I, I do know there's some other targets out there, but the, the quality with, with Harris and Rhett, uh, as well as of course, uh, AJ and, and, and um, Aguero who, who just jumped on board. My gosh. I mean, this is, a group that has a little bit of everything. First of all, size, length, mm-hmm. uh, just not, not even worried about that at the next level, uh, but some versatility as well. Some cover corners, some technicians and guys that have higher ceilings like a Daniel Harris out of uh, Miami, uh, where we're going to watch his best ball later as opposed to right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So I love that secondary group that that is on board. The linebacker class st- sticking in my home state. My gosh, when you pair a Raylan Wilson with a Troy Bowles with either of those mm-hmm. two guys, they would be not only the linebacker headliners at any other school, they would be the class or defensive headliners at any other school. And Georgia's got them together. And, and that's something we've seen them do, right? Last year, the edge class was was yes. unbelievable, uh, picking up prospects that you, you would look at as an individual class headliners like a Marvin Jones. And then all of a sudden you're pairing them with, with other blue chip, five-star, all-American type pass rushers. I mean, it gets, it gets a little absurd at one point, but that's what Georgia has been able to do. So the secondary class is certainly where I start to look. The linebacker class is really strong. I like the pass catchers they're putting together. We all know that is, that's the position that I'm assuming Georgia fans ask of the most, right? Who Who's coming in at receiver? We tight end you now, but what about the receivers? What about some of these slots and some of these other positions that, that need to be filled that certainly being addressed, at least in principle at this point? Uh, I do think the trenches are off to a good start, more room to, to add to, to both the O-line and the D-line. And then, of course, quarterback. There's there's always yeah. what, what are they going to do at quarterback? We've heard them make some overtures to some prospects, either committed elsewhere or a little bit more under the radar, but not pressing. We haven't seen Georgia press, so there's maybe a chance that – they don't go all in for a quarterback and they either take two in 2024. Certainly the portal is going to factor in at, at some uh-huh. point here. Uh, and look, this is the, I think maybe the biggest or deepest quarterback room in the country already. So it's not as alarming if you don't take a quarterback in this class, as if you did the same at Alabama or Texas or LSU or some of these other schools that, that need to turn it over quickly because they, they've got, current quarterbacks who are certainly gone with a lot of inexperience behind it. Georgia has 
a good amount of experience behind Stetson Bennett and um, very curious to see how that shakes out. But maybe if you could hold on to most of those guys, you don't need a 2023 passer to factor in at least early in his collegiate career. So not as big of an issue for me. But when you talk about what are the best classes in America, I do think that's going to be the easy low hanging fruit, right? Well, George doesn't have a quarterback. So that's going to be yep. the, the argument against them. And look at SI, we rank recruiting classes subjectively, just like we rank recruits. So we're, we're going to come out with our first class ranking in August, first player ranking in August. And yeah, when we get into that conference room, that's going to be the Georgia counterpoint. Well, they don't have a quarterback. They missed on ours, yep. and that was kind of it. Uh, so, so that will exist initially and maybe through the rest of the cycle. But if you build, you've got the best secondary class in the country, in my mind, on board you could have the best linebacker class in the country uh-huh. when you start checking those boxes in bulk positionally you you start to really up your chances of, of moving all the way up the rankings so i think a top three top five um debut is in order and then you you continue working from there there's there's a lot ahead of georgia uh, on the recruiting trail in this class um whether it's in state or or national which we we've known them uh, to be capable of, of achieving really at will uh, under Kirby Smart. So it's going to be a good class with or without yep. a quarterback. I want to nip that in the bud, but I'm, I'm assuming it's going to continue to come up a little bit. You know, that's what's so funny is that there is still a lot of room. Y'all realize we're not in season yet. There's still yeah, room for this what, class. 12, 13, 15 commits. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of space left. A lot of space. And if you're telling me the worst – of our recruiting cycle has already happened. The bottom for all you Georgia fans that were losing your minds. Okay, great. Then all we have is up and we have up from the third ranked class to more. And I think your point is well taken, John. I'm looking at, I don't know if they're going to go get a kid or or flip somebody else at quarterback, but I, I do know this. If people out there, kids out there who are playing maybe at a lesser known school, can ball out and then looks at the quarterback room. Stetson's gone next year. And all of a sudden the, the four-star five-star, these recruits that are already old when they're coming on to start, right? They're already upperclassmen and is looking at that and can say, well, I can transfer in be one year removed and sit and maybe in two years get a chance to get the driver's seat of a Georgia offense that's coming off SEC championship, hopefully in a playoff run. I think that's more likely, and I have nothing to speculate this, only of what I've seen landscape-wise. So I'm not calling my shot of saying which guy this is going to be from which school. That'll play out. But I think somebody who is like a JT Daniel who says, no, no, I want to go play over there, looking at the quarterback room that is deep, but maybe giving himself some space to let those guys get out in front of him. Um, But at the end of the day, this class being ranked third and still having room, and yeah, that DB, y'all, I don't think – get. AJ Harris, Daniel Harris, Rhett, these are five-star, four-star, four-star. And then you add Aguero, who's who's five-star all the way through. And now all of a sudden, I, I just listed a starting secondary in yeah. one class that's that's top 100. Do you realize that, everybody? Like, we will have a whole entire starting secondary that was top 100 in the nation. when they this That's stupid, John. I, I, I can't remember another class like that. Yeah, I used to, you know, I used to cover Alabama for a living uh, a long time ago. And I would always tell those fans, like, enjoy it, like enjoy the run because it will end at some point. I mean, it's going longer than maybe I thought it would go, but just enjoy it because some of these recruiting statistics are 
are absurd. I, I saw somewhere, I think it was my, my, my guy, Andrew Ivins at 24-7, who said that Georgia has more um, blue chips in the last two or three cycles than any school in the country signed. I mean, yep. it's it's not just about who finishes with that one next to their name. you you got to stack classes together and positional groups together relative to need. And Georgia, again, over the last, especially three to five years, you could argue that they have done it better than any program in the country. And, and even being in that conversation says a, a whole heck of a lot. Um, but that's where Georgia is right now, coming off of a national title. This this should be something that all Bulldog fans just sit back and enjoy and, and trust. And that's the other part, right? If if there is no quarterback taken, okay, that's Kirby's decision. That's Monken's decision. That's a collective, okay, fine. As a fan, you should kind of be good with that because you also don't want to settle. Don't take a kid yeah. who isn't worthy of national championship contention in your quarterback room because he's just going to portal out anyway in, in six months yep. or a year. So there's there's a lot of ways to look at it frantically, like, hey, Justice Haynes to Bama, everyone freak out. But then look look at what's happened since. You know, stay the course. And, and we see this every year, right? The Florida fan base freaked out when Miami went on their run, but now Florida's yep. on their run. The, the Bulldogs fan base freaked out when Haynes picked Bama, but then Georgia's been maybe the hottest team in America since. So it's it's just an ebb and flow of the cycle. It's it's just late July. It's it's going to be fine. I, I tell Georgia, Bama, Ohio State fans, don't worry about don't even worry about the names at this point. Just enjoy it as it comes because this recruiting run and the on field translation of those recruiting runs doesn't last forever. So enjoy it and trust it because th- these are are some of the best coaches and, and staffs in the country. It's almost like. Uh, Josh Brooks is an AD of a huge SEC school and wouldn't just hand out 10-year contracts to any clown who, guys, listen, look, we get called homers all the time and we count that. We're like, yes, we are. We're fans of Georgia. Of course we're homers. Like, yes, I, I have, I wear that as a badge of honor. But would y'all listen to John? He's telling you, sit back and enjoy this because this is special. And it is special. This is the best Georgia has ever been in football and it's sustained and these recruits are coming in. John, thank you so much. You can go follow John, John Garcia underscore junior on Twitter. He writes for SI. Go find that article that he wrote on Aguero. That'd be fantastic. We might link it into the bio if I can get that. And then secondly, John, when you guys come out with your uh, rankings next month, uh, we're going to talk about that in a great deal. Uh, Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us, brother. Always a pleasure, man. Appreciate you having me on. Take care. Be well.